All right, well, hello, everybody. Uh, this is Matt Larson. Hey, I'm Bert Alcorn here. So Bert and I um, have been talking a little bit, and, uh, you know, we've got this great series that we're doing called Practicing the Way of Jesus. We're really excited about it, and it feels like uh, the culmination uh, of a lot of work and effort over the years, even though we haven't really known that we were going to do this series up until yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, both of us preached a message on Sunday. I preached to Thousand Oaks, and... Um, <coughs> Uh, Bert preached at Camarillo and Ventura, so he got three shots at the same message, and we both left it feeling like we left a lot on the field, like there were a lot of things left to um, uh, to touch on, and so we thought an extra space uh, podcast conversation style might be a great spot to really uh, zero back in on some of those things. So um, one of those spaces that I thought would be really important for us to hit on is as we talk about... Uh, uh, we talked about on Sunday at Thousand Oaks the uh, vision for why we would want to grow as a disciple of Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to that. Sometimes people think about all the things that Jesus offers in this physical, tangible life, and they say, yeah, I don't know that I really want that. And we didn't spend a ton of time going into that. Did you guys get to that much? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, minutes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But there's a, there's there's a, a lot, lot to mine there, and it, it's important stuff. Because it, it sort of speaks to the um, the reasons, outside of just being faithful followers of Jesus, the uh, the reasons that we would spend time and energy investing in this. Yeah. So let me start on kind of like the, uh, maybe like the bigger picture question. Uh, I'm going to ask, format-wise, I'll just ask Bert some questions and then I'll riff off of his answers. So how's that sound <laughs> for a format? That sounds great. <laughs> um, Full license to change it up if we don't like it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so Bert, start by just talking, um, what do you see as the, as the value for a, an individual person at Anthem Church of saying, I am a disciple of Jesus and I would like to grow diligently in that role as a disciple of Jesus. What, what does that produce in a person's life? Yeah, there, there are probably several answers to that question. The most prominent one that comes to my mind first is, um, to, to essentially, to want to follow Jesus means wanting the life he, he casts a vision for. So we just came out of the book of Matthew, understanding the life and times and teaching and ministry of Jesus. It was profound. We got to marinate, saturate on the person of Jesus. But one of the, the biggest things that was jumping out to me is this constant invitation to this kingdom life that Jesus offers. And that it usually is counter or very upside down to what we are used to seeing here and now. And so for me, it comes down to what Jesus says in John 10, 10, where he says, I've come to give you life and life abundant. And the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And in that verse is a bit of an invitation to choose one life for another. Um, it's to say yes to the life that Jesus has for us or no to that life. And throughout Matthew, we have this literary divide of crowds and disciples and Matthew does that so often for us because it's meant to force the question upon us, which one do you want to be? Do you want to be the people who hear Jesus and are left unchanged, unaffected? Or do you want to be people that hear the call of Jesus and arrange your life accordingly? So I think that's a really long-winded way of saying I think it has to start with a desire in us to actually uh, live the life that Jesus lays out for us, which if we look at the whole story of God is the life we are created for. We are created to be with God in relationship with him, in partnership with him in life, and sin disrupted that intent. And so coming back to this question of what is 
What's the value of being a disciple of Jesus? Why would we want this? It has to start with the, do you, do you want the life you were made for? And if so, this is the invitation from Jesus. And if not, we have the, the opportunity to take the avenue of the crowds and look at Jesus from a distance and say, I'm not going to let it change anything about me. You know, it's interesting. As you were talking about that, uh, kind of came into my mind. I uh, can't remember exactly how you said it, but you talked about, do I want this life or do I not want this life? But that that choice is not a positive or a neutral. It's actually a positive or yeah, a negative. that's right. Yeah. And I started to think even just about like fitness as an example. Mm. Somebody can choose to pursue a life of fitness and do the, sure. the discipline of running and calorie counting and all of the things that go along with a life of fitness, especially yeah. as you get older, you know, as you get into the, uh, further on years of life. Or you can choose to not engage a life of fitness and, and what yeah. happens to your body over time is not neutral. Yeah. It's, it, it, you're kind it's of choosing either yeah. positive or totally, negative. Totally. And I feel like that's true with uh, being a disciple of Jesus. Not feel like. I think that is absolutely yeah. the truth with that's being good. a disciple of Jesus. So let's talk in, this, in a similar well, way. Well, real quick, like, that, yeah. e- that even speaks to motive just a little bit, right? So if you say, uh, if you're going to work to exercise, to run daily, to lift weights, but you don't actually want to change your body, <laughs> like that's only going to last for so long yeah. to where you're like, this is not worth it. If you don't care about that, that change that happens, then you're not going to do any of the things that it takes to get there. And if you do, it'll be for a short season and it'll be fruitless and you'll be exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. No, you do have to have a vision for what you're striving for, what you, what you want to accomplish yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, and typically that's a long-term goal, not a short-term goal. Yes, type of exactly. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's, yeah. that's totally fine. Um, so when you think about using the fitness as a metaphor type of a thing, working towards... Which is the wrong metaphor for me, well, but, go, yeah. but go ahead, yeah. <laughs> um, what are the specific benefits hmm. to, a, uh, to a person pursuing a life as a disciple of Jesus? What do we gain? And I, I realize... Our entire message for this coming Sunday mm-hmm. deals with not looking at it through the lens of sure. what we gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's still there are fruits, blessings, values, whatever totally. you want to, whatever category you want to put those in. Yeah. So what are they, and yeah. and how do we get them? That's really good. I I think, and for I feel like there's a, a space for us to talk from scripture, but also space space for us to talk just like from from my own life. And I'll start there, like from my own life, it it solves the dissonance question of the, I, I I think, I feel, I believe one thing. I have this inner, just visceral compulsion towards one way of life, yet I live a different way of life. And not, not that anyone has fixed overnight when they make a decision for Christ or any sort of thing, but it, it handles that, that dissonance of believing one thing and living another. And even if, as you are on that journey, as you are growing, it helps say, well, at least I don't have to live in accidental hypocrisy. Or at least I don't have to live with this, this crippling dissonance between what I, I understand the, the world to be and God to be in my mind versus how I'm actually living that out. And so for me, one of the, the benefits of, of pursuing this journey with Jesus in the way that we're laying out over the next couple of weeks is there's just a sense of like coming home, like this is... This is how we were created to live. This is how we were designed to be, is in communion with God, growing to be like him. And anything outside of that is just functioning counter naturally to the way all humanity was made. So interesting to hear you talk about that, because I think that idea of accidental hypocrisy, believing one thing, living another, I mean, you just described so many people's Christian existence. Totally. And just a constant... uh, 
being overwhelmed by guilt or shame mm -hmm. uh, or, or always feeling like you're just one step back. Or the other thing yeah. I, I hit on on Sunday that I think a lot of people resonated with is we all have that time in our past that we look at and say, mm -hmm. that's when I was really on fire for Christ. Yeah. And so the idea of personal revival. The summer camp high. The summer yeah, camp totally, high. Totally. Like, ah, I remember the days yeah. when I loved Jesus and yeah. Jesus loved me and everything was right. And we spend yeah. the rest of our lives trying to get back to that place mm -hmm. instead of actually setting a more or yeah. living a more pure yeah. experience with Jesus. Um, and so I think that that yeah. inner dissonance is that's a great way of putting it. That's uh, it's funny to start with a knot. Yeah. That you would not be uncomfortable yeah. with the constant yeah. um, dissonance in your life. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, so as we're going back to pro, so not starting with the negative. So you're getting an insight into my personality versus Matt's personality <laughs> right here. So he wants to start with the, the greens and the goods and I go right to what can be fixed. But I, I think probably some of the other, the other value is when we, when we look at the life and lifestyle of Jesus, when we look at the way the New Testament writers in particular write about this life with God, there's, at least for me, there's like this latent desire, like I want that. I want that. I want to be filled by the Spirit. I don't want to be crippled by worry or, or doubt or lust or unforgiveness and bitterness. Like I, I want a life uh, of freedom from those things and freedom for what we were actually made for. And so I think ultimately like in the, in the pros and maybe it's just restating the thing I, I said earlier is I want that sense of wholeness we were crafted for, mm. um, that sense of like, this is what it means to actually be human. Um, I can't remember who, who said it, but in, in one of these books I was reading, the writer talks about how like to, to be in this discipleship relationship with Jesus is to be fully human. Um, and it's to recognize that like, hey, we were made to be with God from the get go. Sin was introduced pretty early and messed that up. And there's this long story of redemption. And, and when the person of Jesus comes and is, and is made human and lived, walked, taught on earth, made way for us it, through the cross and resurrection, he opened up, reopened this way of life that was available in Eden to be with God. And um, that's, that's what we were intended for. And I, I want that. I want that sense of wholeness, that sense of completion, that sense of like, this is the fullness of life that has to offer. So not looking to uh, a career promotion, not looking to lust and pornography, not looking to that next relationship or that next kid to make your life better, but to know that we've already been wrapped up in the story of, of fullness. And so the rest of our lives as disciples of Jesus is growing in that. Paul, Paul prays for the church in Ephesus that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. And I look at that and I'm like, I want that. Yeah. Matt, you so often talk about that verse in Revelation, was it one or two? One. Like being caught up in the spirit, just a day. He's on the, John's on the island of Patmos, just a, a day. I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. What's up? I was like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I want that. I have not experienced that. I want that. I feel like I've had glimpses and moments and what, what the New Testament writers called shadows of that, but I want that in full. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, as you were talking, my brain went to the filled with all the fullness of God. And I just start, oh, man, I start thinking about that passage. And it's a, it's a now and it's also a tomorrow and a next year and a next uh, decade. It's like, he wants me to be filled up now. But when I get filled up, like that cup gets bigger and there's yes. more filling that can happen. Yes. And it's almost like my container can never outgrow the amount of filling that he wants to pour out in my life. And I personally, I just want that experience. Like yeah. I want to never stop growing. Yeah. And I think uh, I don't have any reference for this. So this is totally anecdotal, uh, except that I think I heard it or read it somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but it just talked about that in business, the happiest people are the people that are always learning and always mm -hmm. growing. Um, yeah. And, you know, you think about that, like the idea of continuing education, totally. uh, the idea of growing in your craft. Yeah. It's, it's rare the human being yeah. that just is content to just be done mm -hmm. developing as a person. Sure. It's kind of built into us to want more yeah. or next or to, yeah. be, to continue growing and evolving yeah. and maturing. Yeah. And I think to apply that to our spiritual lives, like there is, there is a yes, there's an answer. Yeah. You can keep growing yeah. and there's no end to it. Yeah. But to do it, you step into this life as a disciple. So the yeah. fruit is that you're always increasing. Sure in the capacity and the presence and the, uh, the power and all of those types of exciting Absolutely. things that the Bible offers. Yeah, totally. There's a really nerdy example. Uh, we make up this if it goes down a weird rabbit trail. <laughs> a really nerdy example. My dad is an engineer and he loves Star Trek. So I was raised on watching every episode of Star Trek there was, particularly The Next Generation. So we grew up. And then there's this one episode where they bring someone from the past and, uh, you know, because time travel's a thing. And they bring someone from the past and they're talking about how society now functions five, some, you know, f some hundred years later. And he's asking about money. Like, how do you pay? pay for things? How do you accomplish things? And uh, Captain Picard looks at him and says, well, there's no money. We eliminated currency in X amount of year. And he says, well, how do you, how do you purchase things? How do you, how do you advance? How do you grow? How do you become powerful? And uh, he said the ultimate the ultimate goal for people, the ultimate currency is growth, that you do things because you want to better yourself, not to enrich yourself. And I was like, oh, that's so good. And that's such a, I think, an interesting concept to bring into this discipleship conversation because a lot of times we'll think like, man, what can I get out of Jesus? What can I get out of being a Christian? Like, how will being a Christian benefit me more than being a Mormon or uh, being a Jehovah's Witness or being an atheist or being agnostic or being spiritual on my own without the church by my side? And we process those questions in, in terms of what can we get out of this rather than how can we grow into the person Jesus wants for us? And there's that, when we talked through Ephesians a couple years ago, there's this phrase we kept coming back to, becoming who you are. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like Ephesians is so much about identity, like this stated identity, but this constant life of growth into that stated identity. Yeah. That, I mean, that's like the discipleship journey um, is we are sons and daughters of the most high God. And we're invited to continue to grow in our understanding and application of that. So here's, uh, here's where I'm processing. Um, and you can tell me what you think about this. Uh, for me, the idea of perpetual growth is very exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, for some people, maybe more task-oriented sure. people or accomplishment-oriented people, yeah. they would like to uh, to to have endpoints mm -hmm. to certain growth trajectories sure. or tasks or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. How can a person like that get excited about something like uh, you're invited into forever being filled up to the ever-increasing fullness totally. of God? Yeah. Totally. Um, which is, I, I live in that space, but yeah. not everybody does. So for sure. And what do we say to that person? I mean, I think there, there's an invitation to, that's a really good question. I think there's an invitation though, to understand that humanity was made for relationship and not made for you to accomplish tasks. Yeah. But there's an invitation for people like you, Matt, to also see we were made to work yeah. as well. Like the picture before sin entered the world, the picture of humanity is in relationship with God, 
co-ruling over creation. Yeah. Like in relationship with God and working the ground that God, work is not a result of the fall. Yeah. And so to each kind of people who might lean on either scale, there's a, I think there is, is an invitation into a life of both and. Sure. Uh, to a life of, yes, continual growth and, and fullness, but also to those who are maybe more task oriented uh, to see that relationship in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's not prohibited to growth. Um, but also to people like you to say, there are actual, like, I, I want to be careful how I say this. There's not level or phase, but I think there are milestones in our, hmm. in our walk with Jesus to someone who is task oriented, like me, hyper perfectionist, a type personality who loves checking things off a list. I think there are goals in the Christian life and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, there are milestones. We look in the old Testament and there are Ebenezer's of what God has done. And it's because you're looking back on what he has done and looking forward to what he's going to do again. And we have so frequently like these milestones of, of progress for us. Um, and uh, I think that's not a bad thing either. I don't know if that's at all an answer to your question, just more my verbal processing around that. Because even um, even between Matt and I is a, is a dichotomy of personality where that is something that is exciting to you. And to me, at some points, either feels unattainable or exhausting. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's okay to live in that tension a little bit. I don't know if it's a tension to be solved necessarily. Well, I wonder if that's some of the value of, of like the spiritual disciplines talks that we're going to totally. have where we actually uh, are given yeah. gifts by the Lord uh, that are practices that we can grow in. Yeah. And so you can set goals for yourself this yeah. year. Like, that's yeah, good. I would like to spend six days in yeah. solitude with the Lord yeah. this year as a discipline, as a practice of learning mm -hmm. how to hear his voice more yeah. and be with him more and that type of a thing. That's good. And so I think as long as those things don't become, again, salvation earning actions sure. versus salvation induced actions, mm -hmm. you know, like that we actually yeah. are, because we are saved, I get to go spend totally. a day alone with Jesus yeah. and learn how to hear his voice. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if that could be the, uh, a yeah. satisfying Absolutely. place for a task oriented person to go. And even not not to say that you have to change everything about your personality because it was given to you by God, but to even desire the kind of – some of that's where we're, we're landing in weeks two or three. I can't remember which one, but just like asking the Lord to shape our desires, mm -hmm. knowing that for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, we've been told the mind is the, the most important battlefield and an area of growth and discipleship and all its intellectual and academic and – when really it's when we see scriptures, this whole body, like the the Hebrew image of a heart is like one that represents your, your, your being. You know, it's not like the physical blood pumping heart, but one that represents your whole being. And the reality is Jesus not doesn't ask only for our minds, but for our hearts. He asks for all of us. And so some of this is even asking the Lord to change your desire. Mm -hmm. um, and so if your desire is to do things, to check them off a list or to say that you've done them, you know, we say all the time, the point of reading your Bible is not to read your Bible. Yeah. It's to be with Jesus, to become like him. And to even ask him to change your desire, um, knowing that when we talk about life patterns, habits, uh, dreams we have, like we are a culmination of, of the things we love. Um, and to even ask the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit to change the things we love. You yeah. know, and to say, I, I want to want Jesus more than checking things off a list, or mm -hmm. I want to want to be with Jesus in the presence of the father more than even, well, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Even just kind of wanting to be that task oriented, check things off a list to say, ask the Lord to change your heart. Yeah. Cause I think if, if you're anything like me listening and you're kind of that task oriented person, some of that is good. And a whole lot of that is rooted in like sinful desires of control. 
yeah. and, uh, and uh, security and even comfort or wanting to be able to predict the outcome. And instead, ask the Lord to say, I want to desire you more than I desire anything else. So a little bit of uh, inside um, glimpse into how we decided to record this podcast. Uh, we talked about it and then decided to hit the record button and see where the conversation <laughs> Ask went. questions later. Yeah. And we wanted to keep it in the 20 minute range, which we just, I can see the clock. We just hit 20 minutes on this. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll just kind of share with you um, as we've been talking about this, like the thing that you said about looking at the scriptures and saying, I want that. I think there is, um, there's some, there's a thread to be pulled there. And maybe this is my encouragement to anybody that listens to this um, is as you look at the scriptures and you say, I want that the whole point of this series for us practicing the way of Jesus is that those things are available to us. Hmm. Like they are attainable. That's good. So when we read uh, Peter's joy inexpressible hmm. or Paul's the, the peace that surpasses yeah. all understanding or being filled up with all the fullness of God yeah. uh, or James's uh, joy when we face trials of many kinds or whatever the mm -hmm. or, or John's uh, I was in the spirit on yeah. the Lord's day. Yeah. Uh, each of those things is available to us and we are hoping to teach the lifestyle yeah. or the uh, the way mm -hmm that opens the door for those um, descriptors to be true about our lives. That's good. And so I just, man, I, I guess I would encourage everybody that's listening to find those things. Mm. Find the things that you read about in Scripture and you just say, I want that. Yeah. And I don't know what it is for you. I yeah, think, I think for me, I mentioned I want to be able to say I was in the Spirit on the mm. Lord's Day. Uh, I love Paul's talk yeah. about my ambition, and mm. thus I make it my ambition. And yeah. his was to preach the gospel where it yeah. had never been preached before. But yeah. I love being given license to dream about how I can impact the world for the kingdom of God. And yeah. so I want to cultivate ambitions yeah. that are kingdom-oriented, you know. So find those things in Scripture that feel out of reach. But then make that statement, I want that, and know that that's what this this series is about, is helping us craft a life, yeah. a way that gets us there. That's good. Some of that, like, in your, and my, my final, my final wrap-up, too, even to, to add on to what you're saying is to, to, wherever you're at now, whether you're 15, whether you're 20, 30, in your 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, like, look at, look at yourself in 20 to 30 years, um, and, and just ask the question, am I making choices now that help tee me up for becoming more like Jesus? Like in, in 20 or 30 years, am I Jesus through the personality of Bert Alcorn with a wife, Sherry, and, and three kids, Calvin, Truman, and Emerson? You know, it's like, is that Jesus in me or is that is that something else? And I think some of the impetus for how we got here is conversations with our teaching team, with our elders, with friends inside and outside of Anthem of just of just being able to say like, hey, do we do we want to be more like Jesus in 20, 30 years? And if so, let's make decisions to help get us towards that trajectory. Or are we being formed into something else? And uh, and so maybe some of the back to that. Mindset. I have an idea. Yeah. Why don't we stop this podcast yeah. and then we'll hit record again and we'll do another one oh, that's that good. talks specifically about what you just okay. brought. And that way people can get out of this if they want to okay. and save the next one for uh, for later. Sounds good. So more to come. Yeah, more to come. Like now. Yeah, right now. All right. Okay. See you guys later. Hey, bye.